Good morning. Welcome, all of you from all these places, wherever you are. I'm at Green Gulch Farm in Marin County, California. Uh, so I want to welcome you, however, to the Insight Meditation Center, uh, where I am a guest of your teacher, Gil Fronsdale, my good Dharma friend. Um, I'm Fu Schrader, and uh, Gil and myself and another good friend, Paul Haller, have been enjoying three weeks of an intensive called the Harmony of Zen and Vipassana. Uh, and so there is. So during this first half hour, I'm going to offer a brief meditation instruction for about 20 minutes, uh, just silent sitting, which is the kind of hallmark of Soto Zen. And then I'm going to talk a bit about the Buddhist teaching of right conduct, which is the primary focus of our conversation during this week. The first week of our intensive, Gil and Paul and I discussed meditation, jhana paramita. And last week, the Buddha's wisdom teachings, prajna paramita. And tomorrow, the last day of our intensive, we are going to talk a little more about the inconceivable vow to save all beings from suffering, shila paramita. So the paramitas in the Mahayana tradition are seen as the basis for training for those who seek to realize the full, complete, perfect enlightenment of a Buddha. Sam Anyutara Samyak Sambodhi. Anyutara Samyak Sambodhi. So when you all feel ready, please settle yourselves into a comfortable seated position while I give a few reminders about how to best care for your body as you do so. So begin by bringing your attention to your ankles and your knees, your thighs and your hips in order to create a stable base to support your upper body. As you begin to settle into a comfortable position, explore whatever might be blocking you from a restful and yet energetic upright posture. And if you're able, then let whatever it is go. Sitting practice is the mainstay of both Zen and Vipassana traditions. When we sit, we are making the same shape with our bodies that the young prince made with his. The shoulders are relaxed. The spine is elongated upward toward the top of the head. The back of the head is in alignment with the base of the spine. In the Zen tradition, we keep our eyes open with our gaze downward, allowing the breath to flow naturally from deep in our belly, out through the nose, and then back in again. It helps to begin with a couple of very deep breaths through the mouth, you know, taking in as much air as you can, kind of exaggerating the inhalation, filling your chest and your abdomen like a billows, and then exhaling again with some energy, letting all that air go. And do that a couple of times. And then after that, you know, just go back to breathing naturally through your nose. So one simple instruction, it's quite basic and, and I think common to all Buddhist traditions is the practice of counting your breathing from one to 10. So if you choose to do so, you're welcome to try. Um, I usually begin counting from the in, impulse to inhale, which is, I find in my abdomen. So that kind of mysterious impulse to take a breath. 
On the inhalation is a one. Exhaling. And then inhaling again, the two. Exhaling. And so on. To 10. If you can. It's not so easy, actually, as it turns out. We often, you know, go off course from counting and find ourselves in the past or in our plans for tomorrow. So when you do, when you see that, which is already insight, then come back to your breathing, back to one. So when we take this posture, like the Buddha to be, we are opening our, we are opening ourselves to the silence and the stillness that is at the core of our human life to a world of deep connection and mutual support. The earth upholding our weight, the sky upholding our breath, and the land and the water upholding the animals and the plants that we depend on to survive. As we enter ever more deeply into the roots of that connection, the living roots of an unbroken line through time and space, we find ourselves right here, where this exact moment, this exact breath becomes this exact wish to let go completely of every loss, every pain, and everything other than this, just this. This is a gift that has been given to you, to me, to each of us alone. We didn't earn it. We can't pay for it, and we can't make it ourselves. It's given to us, and all we need to do is say thank you. So here's a poem for this occasion by Billy Collins from a book called The Poetry of Impermanence, Mindfulness, and Joy. This poem is called Aimless Love. This morning I walked along the lakeshore. I fell in love with a wren, and later in the day with a mouse that the cat had dropped under the dining room table. In the shadows of an autumn evening, I fell for a seamstress still at her machine in the tailor's window, and later for a bowl of broth, steam rising like the smoke from a naval battle. This is the best kind of love, I thought, without recompense, without gifts or unkind words without suspicion or silence on the telephone. The love of the chestnut, the jazz cap, and one hand on the wheel. No lust, no slam of the door, the love of a miniature orange tree, the clean white shirt, the hot evening showers, the highway that cuts across Florida. No waiting, no huffiness or rancor, just a twinge every now and then, for the wren who had built her nest on a low branch overhanging the water, or for the dead mouse still dressed in its light brown suit. But my heart is always propped up in a field on its tripod, ready for the next arrow. After I carried the mouse by the tail to a pile of leaves in the woods, I found myself standing at the bathroom sink, gazing down affectionately at the soap, so patient and soluble so at home in its pale green soap dish. I could feel myself falling again as I felt its turning in my wet hands 
and caught the scent of lavender and stone. <laughs> 